the Environmental Justice Report with Janine Moloff. I'm your host and producer, Janine Moloff. This week, this is part two of our series on a very important subject in the environmental world. That is the idea of environmental racism. And we talked last week on our August 13th show about how eco-terrorists are real, and they are, and they thrive in government, in lobby firms, and corporate law firms. And now these eco-terrorists want you to die, or at least become very ill, unable to fight for your rights, especially if you're a person of color and poor. So tonight we will continue our series on environmental racism. This is part two. And we're going to mix it up a little bit this time we're going to concentrate on one specific case in particular. Um, this is this particular format is going to be a little looser than normal because there's so much there and there's so much confusion that we're just going to basically just go straight into it and flesh it out as we can. So when it comes to environmental racism, we know that over the years it has become increasingly clear that communities of color and lower income groups really suffer the brunt of the most egregious, most dangerous pollution. Whether it be the area of Louisiana, also known as Cancer Alley, which we're going to be talking about today, or various zip codes in, for instance, my hometown of St. Louis, Missouri, often records the highest levels of childhood lead poisoning in the nation. Communities of color, which are also quite often lower income, suffer the worst outcomes. They suffer the worst outcomes in terms of health, mortality, and just even how well their children do in school because they're ill. Now, once again, this injustice, which is what environmentalism is, environmental racism is, once again, the injustice of environmental racism cannot be allowed to stand. Not only do various industries pollute these communities mercilessly, but those same industries work, as I said last week, to eradicate any meaningful environmental regulations through dark lobby groups, such as the bill mill known as the American Legislative Exchange Council, or AKA through the acronym ALEC. Now, through groups like ALEC, who has in the past been accused of ghostwriting the law, in other words, they write templates so that they hand it out like popcorn to legislators in every state of the union. So if you think that your local legislator at the state level came up with these laws all on their own? No, they didn't. They used the legislative version of crib notes. Seriously, for those of you who don't know, that's basically notes you use to cheat. But through groups like ALEC, state legislators have signed away the rights of the people to breathe clean air and drink safe water. And these groups push laws that also increasingly criminalize protected First Amendment activities, including the right to protest or the right to even question what these companies are doing. Tonight we will examine a few of these cases, one in particular as we explore this issue, this issue of environmental racism. So I saw this, and it came from a group called, it's a a really neat name, the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, and they operate, they're an advocate group fighting the petrochemical industry and other polluters in a part of Louisiana that is basically known by its nickname is Cancer Alley. And you have to really think about that for a second. The pollution there apparently is so bad that it has been known by practically every environmental group as Cancer Alley. 
and yet the EPA and other groups, nothing has been done to really get any real justice. And so this story is also about how corrupt legislators, especially in various states, but also especially right now in Louisiana, have basically raped the community of their First Amendment rights. And rape is not too strong a word. So this story deals with, uh, there's this company called Formosa Plastics, and they're a Taiwanese firm, and they want to build, they're planning to build this enormous petrochemical industrial complex in a part of Louisiana called St. James Parish. Now, this is, you know, this was a press release from the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, and uh, basically this new alliance forms to protect free speech because these protesters have been attacked. And so in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which apparently is where St. James Parish is, um, apparently in, in Louisiana and everywhere else we call it a county, in Louisiana they call it a parish. So there were recent efforts to criminalize ability of the citizens of Louisiana, their families, to criminalize them using their First Amendment rights. So this new alliance, the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, in conjunction with the Alliance to Defend Democracy, basically came forward. Especially so the Alliance to Defend Democracy, um, we quoted Sharon Levine, who is a member, and Ms. Sharon Levine said, quote, we have fought hard for our constitutional rights, and we take them seriously here in Louisiana. We will not stand by as law enforcement and a toxic chemical company from Taiwan attempt to scare, silence, and intimidate us. We will not be silent, end quote. So she was, Levine was referring to basically there was a, an arrest of local advocates who opposed this, this plastics plant that Formosa, Taiwan-based Formosa Plastics wants to build, right in the middle, again, of what they call Cancer Alley. Now, this plant is estimated to cost $9.4 billion, but in order to, make, in order to build the plant, Besides the toxics that are produced by the plastics, and people need to understand, plastic is made from petrochemical materials. Okay, a lot of people don't realize that. But the Formosa, Formosa plastics would have to remove ma several cemeteries filled with slave burial graves. Okay, so not only does Formosa plastics, who apparently has a horrible environmental record as well, want to dump on an area of Louisiana called Cancer Alley, but they also want to desecrate like multiple cemeteries uh, where uh, slaves were buried. And that's just adding insult to injury. So what happened was these, these two women who are part of Louisiana Bucket Brigade, and um, let's see now, their, their names are, hold on, it's a dynamic duo is what they're doing. Ann Rolfs and Kate McIntosh. And these two women were charged under the new Louisiana terrorism statute. They were charged with terrorizing. And this is under the new Louisiana revised statute of 14.40.1. And this particular law carries a punishment of up to 15 years in jail and then a fine of $15,000. And the two women, they're part of the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, Rolfs and McIntosh are being defended by um, Pam Spees, Barrington Neal, Rachel Connell, and Bill, Bill Quigley. And these are attorneys with the Center for Constitutional Rights, okay? And their attorneys 
have said that, the, quote, these charges have zero legal merit. They do not even pass the laugh test. We asked the district attorney to look carefully at these arrests and reject the charges against these two dedicated advocates as soon as possible. So you're thinking, okay, what did these two women do that justified them being charged under a terrorism lawsuit? Okay, well, what could they have possibly done? You know, it, it's really kind of crazy. Well, this has to do with a little little thing called nurdles. Now, if you don't know what a nurdle is, and this really, uh, I'm poking fun at this because it's so absurd. Um, nurdles are these little plastic pellets, okay, that you see in a lot of packaging. And I don't know why they're called nurdles, but they are. And so basically what happened was about, this was maybe about six months ago or so, um, these two women, Ann Rolfes and Kate McIntosh, returned a package of these plastic pellets called nurdles to industry representatives um, for that, the, uh, basically the company. And these, they're returning these nurdles, and these are the same nurdles that that same company illegally dumped into Lavaca Bay in Texas. Now, the package was sealed, and it was labeled with a written disclaimer the disclaimer explains what they were, that these were just little plastic nurdles, and advocating that Formosa Plastics air permit to build wood should be denied. And the Taiwanese-based company received a $50 million fine in October of 2019 um, for the illegal action of dumping the pellets in Texas, that is, but now residents of Louisiana are afraid that, you know, this is going to happen again. And so you think, okay, so they, they, these two women sent this package of nurdles, these little plastic pellets. There's, there's nothing, you know, these are the same pellets that this company is fine with dumping into the waterways. So why the arrest under a terrorism statute? Well, some of the residents say the advocates were targeted because there was after civil, after these same advocates raised civil rights concerns about how Formosa Plastics wanted to remove a slave burial ground and prevent the community from visiting and praying on the site. And the, basically the news of Formosa wanted to do this, this unflattering news, service, news coverage came um, literally um, just days, and it, was, and it covered how this was, this was an effort to prevent black residents from visiting the burial ground on none other than Juneteenth. And so, Formosa Plastics knew they had this big PR problem. Juneteenth, you know, is an anniversary of, a very sad anniversary of, you know, what's happened to blacks. And um, Formosa Plastics then retained this corporate lobbyist, and he's considered a hired gun. Hired gun. His name's Jim Harris. And he runs, he's a lobbyist, he runs these public affairs campaigns, and he has helped other polluters before. And Harris has a long history of, slandering historic African-American communities to help out and pay his clients in the chemical industry. And he did defend the company's plans to not, not just remove this sacred burial ground for, for slaves, for black slaves, but to, they had to, they're going to unearth the graves. Okay? So this is really true desecration. So you think, okay, why talk about Harris? Well, Harris, the distraction that's engineered to divert attention from this area known as Cancer Alley. And the fact is, in that part of Louisiana, 
there's so many chemical plants like Formosa plastics, and they're all releasing enormous amounts of toxic toxics into the air and the water. And the fact is, Louisiana actually has one of the highest cancer rates in the nation of all different kinds of cancers. And to say that this isn't connected somehow to the toxics that are spewing into the air and water is absurd. Of course it is. So Levine from this uh, advocacy group also was uh, quoted saying, these charges, quote, these charges will have a chilling effect on our democracy unless they're swiftly dismissed. Okay, now Levine, Sharon Levine is also the founder and director of Rise St. James. And Sharon Levine went on to say, quote, every resident of Louisiana should be concerned about this attack on our free speech and our First Amendment rights. So, and these are First Amendment attacks, all right? No, no doubt about it. Um, so the, these two women, Ralph and McIntosh, were, once again, I'll recap, they were arrested under an anti-terrorism law because they sent this package of little plastic pellets called nurdles to the house of a lobbyist for Formosa Plastics. And, you know, I know this sounds absurd. It sounds absurd to me. So Levine and others formed this Alliance to Defend Democracy. And this coalition is made up of many community leaders, clergy, free speech advocates, civic organizations, including the Coalition Against Death Alley, the Concerned Citizens of St. John, Extinction Rebellion New Orleans, the Greater New Orleans Interfaith Climate Coalition, the Green Army, Louisiana Bucket Brigade, Ralston and McIntosh Park, No Waste Louisiana, Rise St. James, and 350 New Orleans. Establishment of this alliance comes after multiple years of systematic First Amendment attacks by industry, but especially the petrochemical industry in Louisiana. And so to give, and this, these attacks include the following. One, in Louisiana, there was an, ex, quote, an expanded critical infrastructure law made peaceful protests near pipelines a felony offense in 2018, punishable by up to five years. And it's basically specific to pipelines, petrochemical pipelines. Two, Pastor Gregory Manning was charged with inciting a riot as he led a peaceful protest along Cancer Alley in October of 2019. So they arrested this pastor for basically leading a peaceful protest, and they charged him with inciting a riot. I don't know. Three, throughout the winter, to quote, throughout the winter and spring of 2020, Sharon Levine, founder of Rise St. James, has been visited by sheriff's deputies and threatened with arrest for peaceful visits to a burial site of enslaved people on the site of the proposed Formosa plastics plant near her home. And four, to quote, lawmakers have also sought to impose mandatory three-year jail sentences for activities like those Ms. Levine and other St. James residents have engaged in. I'll make this clear. Ms. Levine and these other uh, citizens involved with this you know, this advocacy group haven't actually committed any crimes other than speaking out. Lawmakers in Louisiana want to impose a, a mandatory three-year jail sentence for using their First Amendment rights against a specific industry, namely the petrochemical industry. So then they quoted Pastor Gregory Manning, who is a member of the Greater New Orleans Interfaith Climate Coalition and the Alliance. To quote Pastor Manning, Gregory Manning, quote, I consider this retaliatory attack on the victims of environmental racism and their allies 
to be immoral and unethical. Pastor Manning added, quote, we have seen clear displays of the unjust intimidation by industries and law enforcement which use inaccurate and unfair characterizations of nonviolent incidents. The charges brought against our allies are manipulative and fabricated and should be immediately dismissed, end quote. So the good pastor is basically saying was he fabricated. He's basically saying, look, these industries and the cops that enforce these dubious, these, these questionable laws, they're lying. So now we have what I call the dynamic duo of Ann Rolfe and Kate McIntosh. And they're the central part of this story. These are the two women with um, the Louisiana Bucket Brigade. They were charged with terrorizing, once again, under Louisiana Revised Statute 14.40.1. They are facing a fine of up to $15,000 and a prison sentence of up to 15 years. Okay, 15 years for sending this, this packet of plastic pellets, the nurdles, to the home of a lobbyist or most plastics. Think about that for a second. Okay. Basically, what they did was it was a stunt at the level of a prank that had absolutely no terroristic impulse or intent at all, and these women are facing that. And you think, well, how can this happen? Well, that's another question. So, you know, once again, um, we have another quote from a retired Lieutenant General, Russell Honore, who's the founder of the Green Army. And he also said, quote, they, meaning the petrochemical industry in Formosa, picked the wrong fight to start with this ridiculous charge. We know who the real threat to public safety is in this state. And it's the companies that are poisoning our communities, not the people peacefully trying to protect them. So what is Formosa Plastics? We're going to go through this really quickly. The Formosa Plastics Company, first of all, Formosa is the old name for Taiwan, okay? So Taiwan Plastics Company. And they produce this polyvinyl or PVC resins and some other plastic products, which, again, a lot of people don't understand. Plastics are made with petrochemical products. It's a byproduct. And the company was um, basically, it's a corporation. There's an influential Chinese businessman named Wang Yongqing, and he formed it. And um, basically, the history is that in 1954, Wang Yongqing and Wang Yongsai uh, began this, here's the ironic part, with a loan from the United States aid agencies of $798,000 U.S. Not kidding. So it was our own government that helped do this. All right? And Formosa has a really uh, bad record, okay? In... Um, so in 2018, Formosa Plastics, and they have a sister corporation, Formosa Petrochemical Corporation, they wanted to build this 9.4, that's when they started this 9.4 billion chemical manufacturing complex, planning it, and it was going to be set across from this, these burial grounds of slaves in St. James Parish. And they called it the Sunshine Project. You, you can't make this stuff up. And it's going to have 14 facilities, 10 plants, and it would produce, among other things, ethylene glycol, polyethylene, and polypropylene. And the construction was going to begin in 2019, and the opening date for the plant would be 2024. The Louisiana Department of Environmental Quality approved the air permits 
um, for the project in January 2020. In February 2020, Earth Justice, another advocacy group, filed a lawsuit to challenge the Louisiana Department of Environmental Quality's approval of the air permits, which is their right. So anyway, um, you know, this is what's been going on, and Formosa has a history of a lot of waste violations. In 1999, um, it was found that Formosa Plastics bribed, used bribes, and the bribes resulted in them dumping 3,000 tons of what was called mercury-laden waste in Sihanoukville, Cambodia. Now, mercury is a toxic poison. There is no amount of mercury that is safe. And if children are exposed to it, it damages their nervous systems permanently. Um, there was a report commissioned by the World Health Organization because there were three villagers that died shortly after that study. That report said that their deaths were probably worse due to the mercury poisoning. But then we have also, um, in September of 2009, our U.S. EPA announced that Formosa would spend more than $10 million to address air, water, and hazardous waste, hazardous waste violations from two of their, two of their plants in Point Comfort and Baton Rouge in Louisiana. And that was after inspectors found leak detection, the repair, and waste violations at the, at the facilities. Um, and then Formosa agreed to pay an additional civil penalty of $2.8 for several other federal law violations. Now, Formosa Plastics, here's the thing that really shows this, what the company's about. They civilly sued and they filed a criminal defamation suit against the scientists at the National Chengxing University in Taichung. And this was in 2012. The scientist was Ben Jai Swang. I hope I'm saying this right. And they, they, uh, they sued the scientists again. Not just a tort claim, a civil suit, but also a criminal suit for defamation. And they sued him because they alleged he presented evidence of increased cancer risk around the vicinity of the Formosa Plastic Group hydrocarbon processing facility in Malayo, and he did so at a scientific meeting and in a paper. I don't know what crime he committed. There were, in response to this, these charges, more than 1,000 academics, including chemistry Nobel laureate Wan T. Lee, signed a letter supporting Swang, supporting the scientists. And then in, in 2013, judges at the Taipei District Court ruled against Formosa Plastic. So Formosa has basically a very vile uh, reputation. They've had explosions. Um, there was a, an explosion at the Formosa Plastics Chemical Plant in Iliopolis, Illinois, killed five workers in 2004. OSHA fined the company $300,000 for violations. There was an, another explosion at the Queen Comfort Plant that hurt 11 workers in 05. Now we move ahead. I think, okay, you've got this corrupt company. You've got these legislators in Louisiana that are criminalizing protected First Amendment activities. And then you've got these two women that are facing possibly 15 years in jail. Because, again, this is the Nerdle case. They sent this box of little plastic pellets called Nerdles to the home of a lobbyist, and that was called terrorism. So what's behind all this? Well, in The Intercept, Intercept reporter Lee Fang wrote last year, in August, August of 2019, and this was the headline, 
Oil lobbyists tout success in effort to criminalize pipeline protests leaked recording shows. So apparently there was this leaked audio recording. It was obtained by The Intercept, and it was from a, it was a recording of these people in the AFPM, the American Fuel and Petrochemicals Manufacturers. Now this is a lobbying group. Um, it's called a trade group, and they are a major, AFPM is a major lobbying force, okay? They represent, among others, the following groups, Valero Energy, Coke Industries, yeah, that Coke industry, K-O-C-H, Chevron, yes, that's Chevron, ExxonMobil, and Marathon Petroleum. Now, AFPM has been accused of using dark money to push their goals, and one of their big goals is to systematically dismantle the First Amendment, at least when it involves protests against their dirty energy products, and companies like Formosa Plastics can benefit since plastic is made with petroleum products. Now, the recording leaked to The Intercept includes AFPM members conceding that they played a role in creating laws that criminalize oil and gas pipeline protests across multiple states. Now, many of these laws make it a felony to trespass on public land, which is used for what they call critical infrastructure. Penalties across the U.S. can include hefty fines or prison time or both, such as the possible 15-year sentence for our two members of the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, Ann Rolfs and Kimberly McIntosh, you know, those are the ladies that sent the little box of plastic pellets, the nurdles. Protesters are also held responsible for any damage, quote, incurred during the protest, end quote. Since when are you responsible for the actions of somebody else? But that's what they did. So AFPM began as a trade group, but then they mobilized. And last year, by last year, I mean in 2018, they mobilized over $30 million to defeat, for instance, a carbon tax that was proposed in Washington State. Now, in June of 2019, the Intercept reported that the Senior Vice President for Federal and Regulatory Affairs at AFPM, his name's Derek Morgan, explained the role that their group played in criminalizing protests at what's called the Energy and Mineral Law Foundation Conference in D.C. So these are lawyers. They should know better. The Intercept's Lee Sang also reported that James G. Flood, who's a partner with the law firm Crowell and Mooring in their lobbying practice, introduced Morgan as, quote, intimately involved, end quote, in crafting any model legislation, in other words, ghostwriting the law nationwide. And those of the event received copies of the template model bill, which was dubbed the Critical Infrastructure Protection Act. The template was distributed through, guess who? Our friends at ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, they, that name keeps popping up like a bad seed. So Derek Morgan was quoted, all right? This guy, he just really loves bragging. So according to Derek Morgan, quote, so you see that, and you're reading the materials as well, that this model legislation would itemize criminal trespass and also a liability for folks that cause damage during protests. And then Morgan cited the Standing Rock protests of the water defenders. Those are the people basically protesting against the Dakota Access a petrochemical pipeline in North Dakota because they were, they were water defenders. Morgan then added that, quote, another key aspect of it, of this, this critical bill, which you also include is inspiring organizations. So organizations who have ill intent want to encourage folks to damage property and endanger lives, they are also held liable, end quote. So, again, none of these people are endangering anybody. 
But these lawyers, these these base lobbyist lawyers, they love basically defaming anyone who of the petrochemical industry who has the audacity to use their First Amendment rights because they want clean air and clean water. So the text of this bill was introduced by August of 2019 in 22 states, and it was passed in nine. And these are the states that it was passed in, Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Indiana, South Dakota, and North Dakota, and yes, my home state of Missouri, and that's according to a group called Polluter Watch. Now, you should note these bills, they're really not necessary. Lee Fang, the writer, explained that it's already a federal crime to even attempt to sabotage pipeline infrastructure, and that was based on a piece in The Intercept. So these type of bills as pushed by AFPM and ALEC aren't about protecting lives or infrastructure, as they claim. They're clearly about criminalizing protected First Amendment activity, and they do so by classifying peaceful protests as a potential violent threat. This is why they have to include dubious and vague terms such as intent, but they never really define it. So now we're getting back to this idea, okay, that this, this one company, Formosa Plastics, and they're not the only one. I, I want to make that clear, okay? This is really about an industry. Formosa is just, this is just a sample case, all right? And we have to realize is that these groups of lobbyists, many of which are attorneys, they usually want to pick one case, and they go as far as they can with that because then you have established precedent and then they can apply it everywhere. So these individual cases really matter. So PRI The World um, put this article out, quote, the titles from Louisiana to Taiwan, environmental activists stand up to a major plastics company. And Formosa Plastics is a major company. Um, so again, they're talking about Ann Rolfs, who's an environmental activist, and her friend Kimberly McIntosh. Again, they face criminal charges, for a protest action. It wasn't even a protest, okay? These are the Nurdle ladies. I keep saying this because, again, it's so absurd. You know, I guess Nurdles are kind of like if you ever get um, packages like from Amazon and they pack these little plastic, you know, these little squishy plastic things to kind of cushion it. I'm thinking those are Nurdles, okay? These are little plastic pellets. And, again, they sent a package of them to the home of a lobbyist. This was their act of terrorism. And it's insane. So once again, we witnessed the corporate-sponsored criminalization of protected First Amendment activity. And uh, again, I call it the nurdle offense. All right. Um, you know, again, to quote Ann Rolfs, who is the director, not just a member, but the director of the Louisiana Bucket Brigade. And the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, we'll talk about at another time, they are really becoming a major force in terms of environmental activism, not only getting the story out to everybody, but really really um, ridiculing these companies and these legislators. So to quote Ann Rolfs, director of the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, quote, we work with people who live along the region known as Cancer Alley, where there is an enormous concentration of oil refineries and chemical plants. And we help communities either stop new places from being built or halt expansions or take action to clean up their air quality. Okay, so again, this, is, this woman's being called a terrorist. And you have to remember, over the years, from the time that Formosa was first established, 
in the 1950s, they have been linked to chemical leaks, toxic dumping, environmental pollution, and chronic illnesses, <coughs> especially experienced by people <coughs> excuse me, who live near their factories. So let's talk about a little more specifically about this nurdle offense, all right? In 2017, okay, we're now in 2020, this is 2017, the company applied for a permit to foremost it expand its operations and build this massive complex of St. James Parish. And while the application was pending, a judge in Texas, another state in Texas, found the company guilty, clearly guilty of violating the Clean Water Act. And one of the things that Formosa was doing is they were dumping these little plastic pellets that they call nurdles into Lavaca Bay on the Gulf Coast in Texas. And the violation resulted in Formosa, they, had, they agreed to pay $50 million as part of a settlement. But Formosa was still granted the permit to build the complex in St. James Parish, Louisiana, even though the officials in Louisiana were informed of the guilty verdict in Texas. So again, they dumped these nerds. So Rolf wanted to make a point. Consider this, I guess, performance, you know, performance protest. And she wanted to make the point to the lobbyists. So in December of 2019, she got some of these plastic nurdle samples from Texas. And she boxed them up. And she left the box outside the lobbyist's home. That's it. There is nothing else. And to quote her, Rolf said, quote, it was really pretty harmless just bringing the evidence from Formosa's trial in Texas to their front door. Okay, so the question is this. I don't know if, because I haven't spoken to her, I don't know if what Rolfs brought were nurdles straight from what they dumped in Lavaca Bay in Texas, or were they just run-of-the-mill nurdles? If it came from Texas, from Lavaca Bay, you got to wonder, what are those nurdles contaminated with that the lobbyists knew about that and that Rolfs wouldn't have known? Okay, if they're claiming, if the Formosa Plastics is claiming the nurdles are harmless, and why would the lobbyists be so terrified of this box of these little plastic pellets? And there's no way Rolfs or McIntosh would have known if these, if these little pellets were contaminated. So they're not guilty of anything, except maybe a stupid joke. Um, and if they're harmless, again, why the overreaction? So six months later, Rolfs suddenly found out that there was a warrant for her arrest. And it was connected to that box from the lobbyist doorstep. That's really weird. So Formosa's attorneys cited the terrorism law for nerdles. So, you know, basically Rolfs was quoted saying, well, they cited the terrorizing law. It was my coworker and I. So it was the two of us, they cited it with terrorizing. If you read the statute, it says you have to intend to really scare the general public. We intended to deliver evidence to some lobbyists. That was our intent, and we did it. We didn't try and scare anybody. We're not interested in doing that, end quote. So, again, intent would mean that they, if there was something wrong with those nurdles, if they were contaminated in any way, they would have had to have knowledge, which they didn't have. So you have to wonder, why the overreaction? So Ann Rolfner colleague, Kate McIntosh, as I said before, could receive a prison sentence of up to 15 years if found guilty on this terrorism law. And... You know, once again, they just delivered these plastic pellets just to make a point. 
If there was something wrong with pellets, they didn't know. So, the you know, the activists in that area of Louisiana said, look, this is about sending a message. Um, one woman said, quote, uh, oh, Sharon Levine, she said, they want to silence us, but they're not going to silence us. They must think we're stupid over here in St. James. But this is one woman who is not stupid, and that was Sharon Levine, and she's with Rice St. James. And you have to realize, too, this part of Louisiana in St. James Parish is predominantly African-American. It's poor. And get this, there are over, there are some 140 chemical companies in that parish. I can't imagine 140 chemical companies anywhere, much less in this one ge small geographic region. And Levine said that this, this is why people are getting sick. And the quote Levine, she said, quote, I don't know anybody in St. James that doesn't have a health issue. Some people have allergies. Some people have respiratory problems. Some people have asthma, all kinds of ailments. The doctor said I have autoimmune hepatitis. And last year they said I had aluminum in my body. On top of everything else, I have something else in my body. Oh, my God, end quote. How in the world do you get aluminum in your body unless you're inhaling it or ingesting it through the air or the water? And that means chemical companies dumping these toxics. So then the members of Rice St. James, they went to this burial site on the property that's now owned by Formosa on March 11, 2020. And archaeologists found that the land that Formosa bought may include up to seven slave cemeteries, okay? So they did block them for a while, this Wanhan, which is Chinese company. But, you know, authorities, according to Levine, they're looking for an excuse to arrest her as well. And Levine was quoted saying, a lot of our members are afraid to speak up. They're afraid of repercussions. I'm not afraid. I was already told to be careful and all that stuff, but I don't have to be that careful because God got me, baby, end quote. So, you know, there was an emailed statement to the world, which is this paper that this, that this article came from. And Formosa Plastics, you know, claimed that they, as a company, they will work with the community in St. James Parish to address any of their concerns. Um, quote, there, and to quote Formosa, there are some who are doing everything they can to stop progress in the parish, including spreading fear and confusion. That's what the email said. Now, Formosa Plastics is accused of environmental violations in many other parts of the world. Um, as I said before, in Cambodia, they dumped mercury waste. Mercury is a known toxin. It causes irreversible neurological damage, including irreversible brain damage. They have been accused of dumping toxic discharge, whatever that is, off the coast of Vietnam. So, you know, and then there's these Taiwanese environmental activists that also confirm the concerns of the activists in Louisiana. And these environmental activists from Taiwan, they're very aware of Formosa and their track record, and they think that, you know, again, the people of Louisiana are very justified in their fears. And they were quoted quote saying this man, Hu, Zhu Hu Ting, I, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name, quote, Formosa is Taiwan's historical name, which means something like a beautiful island. To me, it's kind of personal that they are doing th such things in the name of Formosa. And that's what this environmental activist, Yu Hu Ting, uh, who's based in Taipei, which is the capital, goes on to say, quote, right now Americans are saying no Formosa. It sounds bad and heartbreaking to me, but I know that they're doing it for a reason because what Formosa Plastics has done. 
Another activist, Lin Yang Ting, told the world, which is his paper, that another Formosa plastics uh, factory exploded um, in 2018 in Yunlin, which is a county kind of far further out in Taiwan, and that thousands of residents there had to be evacuated. To quote, last year there was a huge explosion. The blast was so powerful that residents within a half-mile radius had their houses damaged. Pollution rained down on their property, including a lot of farms. Yunlin is one of Taiwan's most important farmlands, so the impact was huge, end quote. And so both of these Taiwanese activists are watching what's happening in St. James Parish in Louisiana. Um, to quote you, one of the activists, I quote a friend who are from that region, Yunlin, next to the Formosa Plastics Facility. They said they know the pain of the people in Louisiana and they don't want what happened to them to happen to other people. People from Yunlin are showing solidarity with St. James Parish, end quote. And so this is something, it isn't just in one community. We are seeing who are not wealthy, especially communities of color, being attacked by the chemical and petrochemical industries. They're not putting these factories in gated communities in the lily-white suburbs because those communities were never tolerated. But they were putting it where they know they can get away with it, where the racism is so thick that to the legislators, most of whom are white, the communities that house black and brown people just don't count. And that is evil. So now we have uh, Earth Justice that also published something and they took, this is a, a state, this is basically an article listing a bunch of statements. And Earth Justice is saying intimidation tactics in Louisiana won't silence opposition to Formosa plastics. And they list 40, over 40 advocacy groups <coughs> that are really expressing their outrage over the arrest of the two members of, Louisi of the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, basically Ann Rawls and Kimberly McIntosh, and then also eventually Sharon Levine, I suspect. This was written by Alejandro de Vila Fragosa and also um, Corinne Vandalen, who's a staff attorney with Earth Justice. To quote, Earth Justice stands with Ann, Kate, and all Louisianans who, work, who are working to shed light on environmental racism and abuse. We call for these unjust and outrageous charges to be dropped immediately. So Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so again, they quote the Nurdles, and also the Nurdle story. And again, this is something that you just, you can't make this stuff up. And, you know, you have to realize, too, that if Formosa Plastics is allowed to build that complex in St. James Parish, it will be one of the largest petrochemical complexes in the U.S. And it will most likely, according to these people at Earth Justice, double the amount of toxic pollutants already emitted from St. James Parish from industrial sources. And they also basically said that the St. James Parish is so overburdened between toxic pollution and, and also the toxicity of racism, let's be honest, black residents are basically facing a death rate from COVID-19 that is five times higher than the national average. That's evil. So I'm gonna just read some of these quotes, all right? Um, here we have 
Diane Wilson, Executive Director and Waterkeeper, the San Antonio Bay Estuarine Waterkeepers from Sea Drift, Texas. Quote, it is the most bizarre experience I have had in 30 years of fighting for most of plastics in Texas to hear the Nanning case of the Louisiana Bucket Brigade were charged with terrorizing for returning to industry representatives a tiny sample of the estimated 67 billion pellets the Formosa Plastics illegally discharged into Texas Bay. Formosa officials in Texas and New Jersey have repeatedly told us citizens in Texas that the pellets were harmless. Something smells very fishy, and it ain't the pellets. The San Antonio Bay Estuarine Waterkeepers stand in solidarity with the Louisiana Bucket Brigade and the outstanding heroes fighting the Sunshine, Policy, the Sunshine Project, which is ironically named. Here's the thing. This person, basically, Diane Wilson brings up a very cogent point. Formosa Plastics has claimed, including in court documents, that these nurdles, uh, repeatedly, that, they're, that these nurdles are harmless. So why did they overreact when these two women gave them a sample of the same nurdles that they claim are harmless? I presume that there's some sort of proprietary information they don't want to get out, which would implicate them in an environmental crime. Again, it's a suspicion, so I don't really know. But otherwise, and then the two women from Louisiana Bucket Brigade wouldn't know. So again, why, why overreact to these little plastic pellets? All right, here's another one. Sylvia McKenzie, Executive Committee Coalition Against Death Alley. Quote, I was shocked to hear of these charges. They are revenge. Yes, they are. It's about officials ignoring us. The actions were peaceful for recognition of the problem, not to be taken as a terrorist threat. They need to wake up and smell the coffee. We're in preventative mode in Louisiana. We don't want what happened in Texas to happen here, end quote. Here is Lisa Jordan, director of the Tulane Environmental Law Clinic. Okay, so it's an attorney. Quote. Over the decades that the Tulane Environmental Law Clinic has worked for those Louisians who burden with pollution impacts and their partners, we have seen powerful political forces in the state attempt unsuccessfully to silence people's voices and strip their power. While we have no doubt this latest tactic will similarly fail to suppress our clients' efforts to secure their basic human rights to a healthy environment, this astonishing abuse of the criminal justice system is nevertheless shameful, and a new low. That's a mouthful. Scott Eustace, Community Science Director from Healthy Gulf. Quote, these charges are mere retaliation in response to the critical work done by the Louisiana Bucket Brigade. Formosa Plastics is a serial offender of the United States Clean Water Act, and discussing their criminal record with executives and government is essential work in this time of climate emergency when Formosa Plastics seeks to derail all the good work for coastal restoration that Louisiana has accomplished, end quote. I think this one is quite on target, discussing the criminal record of Formosa Plastics, along with several other members of the petrochemical industry. Quentin Anthony Anderson, Gulf Coast Energy Campaigner, Earthworks, to quote Quentin, quote, this outrageous application of this archaic law is clearly about silencing dissent and protecting profits. The fact that the financial interests of, these, of this serial human rights abuser 
but influencing the administration of justice in Louisiana is beyond alarming. It's unconscionable. So now they're calling Formosa a serial human rights abuser, and there's plenty of proof to justify that. All right, who do we have next? Meg Logue with 350 New Orleans. We're very familiar with the good work of 350.org. To quote Meg from 350 New Orleans, quote, the felony charges of terrorizing against these tireless environmental justice advocates represent a disturbing pattern in the way that Louisiana responds to movements for justice. Louisiana officials have repeatedly terrorized advocates and organizers meeting peaceful protests with excessive force and brutality, creating, harsh, creating new harsh penalties in the form of a, quote, critical infrastructure law that protects private interests over human rights, and now misappropriating existing law in an effort to chill our free speech. As with all forms of injustice, these threats disproportionately impact our black, brown, and indigenous families. Stand together as a community across all movements. We say we are not afraid. We will continue to organize, agitate, and mobilize in pursuit of justice, and we will not be intimidated into silence, end quote. So I like that. Daryl Malik Wiley from the Sierra Club Environmental Justice and Community Partnership Program, quote, at a time when chemical industries are using COVID-19 as an excuse not to conduct sampling, the state is more interested in arresting people for speaking truth to power than in protecting communities. The real danger is not from protesters, but from the oil and gas corporations who poison Louisiana's air, water, and land, end quote. Here's another one. Jane Patton from the Center for International Environmental Law, another attorney. Quote, the state of Louisiana is arresting its own citizens for the high crime of making pollution visible to those who promote it. It proves beyond doubt that Louisiana is prepared to arrest debate, penalize participation, and criminalize its own people for standing up to polluters and standing up for communities, end quote. Corinne Van Dalen, Earth Justice Staff Attorney, another attorney, quote, these arrests are a despicable attempt to silence those who are fighting for the health of black Louisianans who would be forced to breathe toxic air from yet another chemical plant that industry and the state have actively promoted for their community. Earth Justice stands with Ann, Kate, and all Louisians who are working to shed light on environmental racism and abuse, and we call for these unjust and outrageous charges to be dropped immediately. Julie Peel Simmons, attorney, Center for Biological Diversity, said, quote, these arrests and other intimidation tactics are attempts to silence a community that's concerned about pollution and public health. The real violation happening here is Formosa plastics polluting our air and water to create more throwaway plastic that will end up in our oceans. All our Gulf allies did was show Louisiana the plastic pollution that Formosa illegally discharged into Texas waterways. Black communities are being sickened by corporate polluters polluters, and these sham charges won't deter our opposition to this terrible project. People over Petro Coalition issued this statement, quote, it is clear who is actually guilty of terrorizing, Formosa, and the, and the petrochemical industry at large, for recklessly endangering livelihoods and ecosystems for decades. These organizers were simply returning 
the plastic pollution that Formosa has left back on their shores for too, far too long. The arrests are a clear display of corruption and corporate power, and yet another example of how law enforcement exists to protect profits over people. We demand that all charges on members of the Louisiana Bucket Brigade be dropped. Joy Brown, community organizer, Indigenous Environmental Network, and Cheyenne River Sioux Tribal member, is quoted as saying, quote, the so-called terrorizing of Nurdles is beyond ridiculous. The only terrorizing is the threat of more pollution from Formosa. St. James, a community that has already been overburdened by pollution from oil and gas and does not need more. These charges are examples of the extreme oppressive laws implemented by states to suppress the First Amendment right to peacefully protest. We stand in support of Ann Rolfe and Kate McIntosh and the residents of St. James and the people in Cancer Alley, end quote. Vivian Stockman, Executive Director, OVEC, Ohio Valley Environmental Coalition, Huntington, West Virginia, quoted, this is the statement, quote, it is a basic American right to be able to speak up against corporations polluting your communities or institutions trampling your civil rights. We stand with Louisiana Bucket Brigade and communities nationwide fighting polluters. Like you, we have a vision for our region and that does not include more petrochemical plastic plants and does include the fundamental American right to protest. Joe Lehi Organista, National Vice President of Youth League and United Latin American Citizens, LULAC, this is the statement issue, quote, generational trauma already poisons communities of color. The resilience of this community and leaders working to protect both the land and people should not be criminalized. Each generation is responsible to take care of Mother Earth and their seed. Corporations must be held accountable with their criminal behavior, not the people working on their responsibilities to the land and community, end quote. Sarah Martick, Center for Coalfield Justice. One thing you should notice before I read this, the corporate media likes to paint environmental activists as just a few individuals that are basically kind of crazy. This is not a few individuals. And look at how many groups have not been covered by corporate mainstream media. But we are covering it here on Progressive News Network with my environmental justice review. Sarah Martik, Center for Coalfield Justice, quote, when corporations long accustomed to everyone doing their bidding face real community-driven resistance, they use every tool in their toolbox to squash it. These trumped-up charges against activists are indicative of the corrupt influence Formosa has in Louisiana. Ann Kate and the Louisiana Bucket Brigade exercise their right to protest in order to protect themselves, their loved ones, and their communities against further environmental harm. They should be celebrated for their bravery, and we stand with them from Pennsylvania. Sue Udry, Executive Director, Defending Rights and Dissent, quote, when corporations engaged in environmental destruction begin to lose the PR battle, they fall back on the old trope that their critics are terrorists. While these charges are laughable on their face, the participation of the Baton Rouge Police Department in this clear effort to silence environmental activism to protect a corporate polluter is unacceptable, end quote. Ivy Schlegel, Senior Research Specialist, Greenpeace, USA, quote, it is outrageous that activists are facing terrorizing charges 
for peacefully exposing the petrochemical oil and gas industries in Louisiana. It's the corporate executives destroying black communities and their histories in the name of increased profit that must be held accountable. These charges should be dropped immediately, and industry should end its quest to make more polluting plastics that disproportionately hurt people of color all over the world. Lauren, Laurel Sutherland, Rainforest Action Network. These charges are a shocking abuse of power by Louisiana law enforcement. This blatant attempt to intimidate peaceful activists on behalf of powerful corporate polluters is egregious and unacceptable and will be vigorously opposed by the nationwide network that knows and respects these deeply dedicated women. Rainforest Action Network stands in solidarity with Ann and Kate and calls for these ridiculous charges to be dropped immediately. Moira Burst, Amazon Watch. Amazon Watch rejects the criminalization of protests by community leaders fighting for justice and survival for themselves and their community. Given our experience with Chevron's attempts to criminalize advocates fighting for justice in the Amazon, we understand all too well how corporations attempt to manipulate the legal system for their own benefit, and we stand in full solidarity with Ann Kate and Louisiana Bucket Brigade. This goes on and on and on. There's too many to read. There really is. I'm going to end this very quickly because it is, you know, it's horrible, all right? Um, this is, let me see. Give me a second here. Um, Marie Venner, Call to Action, Colorado and Catholic Network U.S. Quote, Alec. There's Alec again, has pursued this in Colorado as well, trying to turn Americans into criminals for daring to protect their community's air and water. It is a basic American right to be able to speak up against corporations polluting your communities or institutions trampling your civil rights. This is another area where brutality by those with power and authority is an evidence for covered up while incarcerating and tarring the names of those peacefully exercising their First Amendment rights. And so they go on to support them. Look, I'm going to skip ahead and I'm just going to basically say what is just so patently obvious. There's this old story about the canary in the coal mine. And back when coal miners didn't have machinery, they would lower a cage with canary in it into a deeper part of the mine to see if there was oxygen to sustain the canary so it was safe for the miners to enter. If the cage came back and the canary was still alive, they knew they could proceed safely, relatively safely. If the cage came back and the canary was dead, they knew they couldn't proceed. I have long believed that our brothers and sisters in color, communities of color, but especially the black community, are the political canary in the coal mine. Since before Dr. King, we've got Sojourner Truth, Reverend Barber, Reverend Gray here in St. Louis. They have been warning us time and time and time again. And what happens to them will eventually happen to all of us. We must stand with our communities of color. It is not only politically prudent, it is morally the right thing to do. We will continue this discussion about environmental racism, and we will stand with our communities of color, our brothers and sisters, especially in the black community, and we will help them, we will stand with them, and I say with the last breath of this show, God bless our communities of color, because these people our brothers and sisters of color that have the integrity and the honesty to do the hard work that too many of us have been too cowardly to pursue. God bless them. And we will continue this with the Environmental Justice Report. 
My name is Janine Maloff. I am ending this program with the Environmental Justice Report. We will continue our series on environmental racism.